Planet X Cinema is a pop-up movie theater showing righteous trash cinema. Each week on this show, the Hicks brothers meet to take suggestions for new movie titles from the Planet X faithful and turn them into brand new films. It's fake movies from the minds of madmen. Welcome to the Planet X Cinema Podcast. I am Drew Hicks. I am Blair Hicks. Welcome to the show. How the heck are you, Blair? Yeah, I watched the the Frogtown sequels that descended into just you know I've never seen them. I've I've seen them, and the by the third one, it's it is pure Zen filmmaking, and um, it's enjoyable to watch, but it's not good. You know what I mean? Not good. Films need structure, man. Film needs film films need planning, and that's that's what we do on this podcast. They need uh, a modicum of planning, at least, yeah. right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <you gotta> try. <laughs> That's what we promise, a modicum of planning. Yes, and a modicum of effort each week when we take your uh, hypothetical movie title suggestions and turn them into righteous trash uh, cinema. That's what we do here at Planet X. Um, you can uh, get us your movie title suggestions in a variety of ways. Blair, what's one of them? Well, you could go to our website, planetxcinema.com. There's a giant button that says submit, and it will let you send us movie titles, and uh, you may be accredited as you choose. And there are a couple of other ways that you can get us movie titles, aren't there, Drew? You can. You can email them to planetxcinema at gmail.com. Uh, just send us movie titles directly. We'll throw them on the show. Uh, also, if you leave us a review in iTunes and you put a movie title suggestion in the review, we will do it on the show 100% guaranteed. 100%. Last week, we had one, which was really fun. Astral uh, Capacitor. Which we banged out in about 90 seconds. Yeah, right. and it was pretty much note for note Ultraman. So <laughs> Yeah. But I don't feel bad about it, though. I don't feel bad about it at all. In fact, as long, would, yeah, as, long as the would, checks keep rolling in, I'll copy anybody. <laughs> I would like to hear from the reviewer and see if they got any pleasure from our... <laughs> From our brief, excellent title. Yes. Brief tryst with their uh, excellent title. Uh, But uh, we need to choose a movie title this week uh, from our list. And I, I, will I choose or will you choose? How do you want to do this? Um, I will allow you to choose from our registry of titles. Okay. Uh, This week, we're going to return to an old favorite. uh, uh, Actually, the first person ever to submit a title. One of Oh, no. Are we doing a... We're doing a Colton Bowen this week. We are, and I, I'm happy to report that it is not a weird portmanteau. Uh, this week's movie title suggestion from Colton Bowen is Happy I'm Dead. Happy I'm Dead. That's a, yeah. it, that's a change for Colton. It is. It's almost a sentence. Um, it's, it, could be, <laughs> it could be read, I'm happy I'm dead. It could be happy, comma, I'm dead. <laughs> Uh, as if addressing Iron Man's man secretary. Or yes. What do you call it? Personal assistant. Admin? Iron Man's admin. Okay, sure. As if addressing Iron Man's admin. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good title. Happy I'm Dead. Happy I'm Dead. The Bernie Lomax story. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not, no, because he's, he's not aware. He's not around. We have to have somebody who is dead and grateful or at least relieved to be dead. You don't know what's going on in Bernie's head. You don't know, Dick, about the afterlife, sir. There's nothing. Bernie. He's dead. He's rotting. There's like worms and shit in him. Yeah, but he could be having the time of his life. This is the whole thing about what's the old stand-up joke about, like, if I'm ever in a coma, don't pull the plug because for all you know, I am having the time of my life. 
All you don't know, know. If I were in a, if, if Bernie Lomax is in a coma, if I was in a coma that deep and you put me in the same room as Catherine Mary Stewart in the late eighties, I would fucking come out of that coma. <laughs> <laughs> Point well taken. Actually, that is gorgeous. She is fantastic and a good actress too. I might add. She's great, man. Yeah, great. Criminally underrated. Have we shoehorned her into a film? I feel like we have. Yeah, we got her early on into. Uh, it might have been the um, the second one we did with Goldblum and. Uh, oh, uh, um, uh, how great thou art! How great thou art! I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we dropped her into that one. Happy I'm dead. What does that suggest to you, though? What jumps out to you? It's a good title. Strong title. Yeah, I mean, we could do kind of like a like a Beetlejuice thing and have like a person who dies and they're kind of like in the spirit world, still affecting the world, but they're sort of like, I don't know, relieved or excited about that. It could also be somebody who like, you know, they didn't they didn't want to die or they died with unresolved stuff. So they kind of come back and by the end that they're happy that they're dead, like they rest easy. I like that. Could could you do a reverse? Uh, it's, it's a wonderful life where it's like, uh, let's show you what your life was like if you were dead. And you were like, this is great. <laughs> oh, that's Blair. That's a really good idea for like a black comedy. Right. If, like if yeah, like if a character like their guardian devil or whatever shows up and is like the world would be better off without you. And they're like, fucking prove it. And he does. And it's like, oh, what the fuck am I? I'm a piece of shit. Like. It, well, we made the anti-Grease. I'm a very big fan of making anti-movies. So if we made the anti-Grease, why not take a stab at the anti-It's a Wonderful Life? Isn't that kind of just what Christmas Carol's about? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> like, isn't Chris, Christmas Carol's just like, yeah, if you, if you keep doing what you're doing, Tiny Tim dies, and then you die, and nobody's, everyone's happy about it. Well, but he's not happy about it. That's not, I, the point of the anti it's a wonderful life would be like, look what life is like when you're gone. And and he would be like, this looks pretty sweet. What's going on here in the afterlife? Can I hang around here for a little while? Like, so I like I like that. How do we I guess it has it kind of has to be a morality play. I was, like, was going to say, how can we do it without being like really heavy handed in it? Yeah, so like, I think. Yeah, it's like the story of an. Oh, that, OK, maybe that, maybe this is it. It's the story of an asshole who dies. He's an Ebenezer Scrooge. He dies. OK. He's shown his life and he's shown how much better the world would be without him. So this is good. Act one is he's alive and we get to see him being an asshole. Act two is he's shown how much better life could be. And he decides he's going to fight through the underworld, a la Bill and Ted's bogus journey, to get back to Earth so he can right the wrongs. So like the second act is him trying to escape from the underworld. And the third act is he gets back and... Well, let me Conf- tweak that confronts a little. Confronts the thing, and then he's able to live a good life. This is he good. Happy he died. Well, I was going to say this is how we need to tweak it. Is the second act should actually be him enjoying being dead. Okay. And then, and then something happens to where he reluctantly has to come back and and right 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 the wrong. See, because he's happy he's dead. That's very okay, funny if, to me. What if it's kind of like a Bruce Almighty or Groundhog Day thing, where like he yeah he's a shithead, he dies. Uh, then he's in hell or whatever. And he's like, fuck, I gotta get the fuck out of here. He somehow breaks out and now he's walking the earth and he's seeing how much better life is without him while they're trying to get him, capture him and take him back to the afterlife. Oh, is it good? And so he can like walk through walls and he can like fuck with people and like. That's leaning a little bit towards like what I kind of think of in my head as a genre of like ghost farces. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
that's a that's a good genre to play with. That's kind but of I think, fun. I think we do like a little bit of the ghost farce in Act Two, and we get what? to do some fun stuff in Hell at the beginning, and maybe like some fun stuff in the after. Or maybe he comes back, or maybe at the end he just goes to heaven, or he just, he just disappears. I don't know. Well, I yeah, I I think it, it's he stays dead. <laughs> Sure. It's not like it's not like the Michael Keaton oh. movie. You see, it's, he's happy being dead. Okay, 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 okay. What if his like job? A, okay, wait, 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 wait. What if his job is like somehow related to, um, like, oh, what, okay, like telling people how they fucked up in life, or like he ruins people's lives for a living, right? Like he's a fucking divorce attorney or something. I don't know, right? He just sure. he just guts people. And he knows how to get to the bottom of people. He goes through this harrowing journey, and at the end, the deal he makes is basically, this is your job. You're now the angel from It's a Wonderful Life. And your job is to go around getting to the bottom of people's problems and convincing them that like, they need to live their lives better. Like It's the story of, one, of the, how the guy becomes one of the ghosts of Christmas. That's not bad. I like that. Because we can play around a lot with that. And then at the end, he's like, oh, I'm still this shithead that gets inside of people and can tell their worst fears and break them apart. But now I'm going to use it to save souls. And so I'm not really, I'm still dead, but I'm not doomed to hell. Yeah, and he doesn't become a goody two-shoes. I think that's what makes the movie fun, right? No, he it's becomes the, Faust at the end. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's maybe not the devil on your shoulder, but he's the guy that's like, you know, sort of steering you from a... Uh, a, a, a horrible decision into like maybe a more fun situation. Yeah, like, and then and then it's, it's a nice double meeting because at the end he could actually be really satisfied with his unlife. Yeah, he's like, happy. He's like, I like dead. what I'm doing now. I'm actually happy. I'm dead. <laughs> it's good. Let's we should put some specifics around the plot because okay. I really like that. I think I, that's a really fun movie. We I so like you threw out like divorce attorney. I don't know. I just I feel like everything is going to hinge on what he does for a living because those are going to be his colleagues and the people he interacts with. And I can tell you what I don't want to do because I grew up in the 80s and the 90s is I don't want to make him a uh, a member of the mafia. Okay, sure. If it was made in the 80s or the 90s, I guarantee you that's what it would be. He'd be like a hitman, right? That's Yeah, but he could be like a... I like the idea of him being like involved in just ruining people's lives. Like he forecloses on people's loans. Yeah, or he could be like a really shitty ad man, right? Like he works in marketing and he just, oh, sells, okay. he just sells gross shit to people and he doesn't fucking care. And he's That's meeting all of his like coworkers. He could be an attorney. He could be, uh, he could just be like a hotshot CEO of some big corporation that you know murders dolphins to extract oil out of them for erection pills or something. I was trying to think of a good name for him, and Clark struck to, jumped into my head. But Clark's that's, good. Well, it, it's uh, isn't that Clark Griswold from the National Lampoon's movies? Can we yeah, get sure, a word? But making sure of first name. That's okay. Okay, all right. I'm just asking. <laughs> Clark Clark Gable is that a name? Is that (laughs) Kent 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 Clark Kent? Um, that's yeah okay. I like that. Does okay. So are we assuming he's the kind of asshole who like doesn't have a family? He like is a womanizer. He has a sparse bachelor pad. Like his life, he's happy with his life, but it's not really much to begin with. Like okay, well how how. Serious? Do you want the end of the the end of the third act to be? Because he could be like, you know, he, uh, you know, he's got like an ex wife and a kid, and he's a deadbeat dad too. Like we could throw well, a line there. 
I think kind of what you're hitting at is a really good question with this movie is that what do you want the tone of the film to be? So I actually, I like, I like like an eighties movie. This guy's like a corporate raider, right? He's uh, I like the ad man thing. Like, let's just go with that for a second and we can always shred it. So like, you know, we get to see him driving his like, you know, boxy BMW convertible and like double parking it. And uh, the security guard's like, hey, mister, you can't. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, he's like, nerd, pushes him or something. Gets into, <laughs> gets into the office and like, you know, the graphic designer runs up to him with the latest designs and he shreds them in her face. And he's like, these are shit. These are shit. We might sell shit, but you can't design shit or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the admin runs up to him with a hundred messages and he's like, you know, it's girls calling him back from dates that he's, you know, he's, whatever. He's just being a shithead to everybody. Uh, gets into his office, looks out across like a beautiful LA sunrise and just goes, this world fucking sucks. Like, I hate, this. I hate everything about this place. He's like an evil, an even darker version of Ted Knight's character from Caddyshack, right? Like, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just awful to everybody. And, and he hates everything. Hates <laughs> That's the that's the part that like, makes him dark. Oh, that's good too because we can actually start his day even earlier. Where like he doesn't appreciate what he has. Like he wakes up and like kicks the cleaning lady, and then like you know, uh, <laughs> like his nutritionist <laughs> his, his, his nutritionist has left him a bunch of like pre made shakes, and he like takes one sip, he's like and just pours it down the sink. <laughs> like oh god, that's awful. Yeah, no, so he's. So, well, that's so. It's very like he kills every cat he can in the in the opening title scroll of this movie. So, in around to to come back around, like your the answer to my question is like tonally, you're thinking very much just straight up dark comedy. Well, I think I think at the beginning we can kind of do like Miami Vice, sunshine, eighties, like very crisp and clean and and whatever. And then when we go to hell or we go to the afterlife, we do like. Because I want like, that like, bizarro, like freaks level of like makeup and stuff. Yeah, I want that part to be. That's the stuff that makes the uh, previews, right? Okay, that's so the wait. stuff that makes the trailers. Well, is, okay, the end of the first beat in the trailer has to be how he dies. Then, well, that's fine. That doesn't bother me at all. No, I'm Does saying it how bother you. No, I just want to know how this guy. Died. Like this guy's a mega asshole. Well, he's mean to his designer, he's mean to his secretary, he's mean to his cleaning lady. He blows off his fitness trainer. He cuts somebody off in traffic. He double parks, shoves the security guard, hates his job. He could be yelling out of the uh, second window <laughs> of his uh, house or, or from his his penthouse overlooking the street at how the garbage man is doing a horrible job or he didn't pick up, and then he the dog. He trips over the dog and falls into the back of the garbage truck. Oh, you're going to shredder him from just, just yeah, I'm going to shredder that guy. Like it, it should be something like humiliating, but also a little too graphic because I don't want it to be to be too like kid friendly. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's just copy that from TMNT then. Like, uh, let's let's keep it at his office so we don't I have mean, to get back to the condo. Fun. We've we've shown him being awful to like the pets oh. and his underlings, and so so this is easy. We'll we'll do we'll do Crunchy from Service Dogs. So uh, one of his employees has brought her little poodle into the office. This is perfect. And this he's like, "Get that up. fucking rat out of here! I fucking hate that thing." Whatever. He goes to his office. He's like, "I hate this city." Whatever. We have a few scenes with him in the office. He opens the window. The garbage guy's down there. He's like, something smells like shit. He looks outside and he sees the garbage. He's like, hey, move that truck. You gotta move that truck right now. Fuck you. The poodle comes, nips him at the heel. He goes like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He falls into the garbage thing. Garbage man doesn't see him, hits the button. And we watch this guy get crushed. 
this is very I think good. like I think it goes from like like I want the last shot to be his perspective looking out the garbage truck as the door comes down and you just you're like crunching and screaming and it goes to it goes all the way down to black and it stays there for a beat and then you hear him like well now what or something I, and then like like a light comes on like a like a, a single bulb or like a cigarette is lit i'm like i like yeah I, okay so i'm starting to have a lot of fun with this on my head and i, I want to get to hell as fast as we can <laughs> i want to get to hell quickly because i'm already having fun ideas and like beats like the first person he meets is he's like i know you you were the you were the landlord of my first apartment what it like like <laughs> did you did you just die and become like the landlord of hell and he's like no idiot i'm fucking dead and i'm bored like i'm just like you know what i mean like yeah um or you can even do a jacob marley thing i think the the point is let's get him to hell and he meets we need to have a couple of like demon characters or hell dwellers hell dwellers is a really good movie title that's a great movie title right i'm gonna gonna go to plantxcinema.com and hit submit and i'm gonna send hell dwellers to us that's very good who who Um, is who is like do we give him a virgil character well like like a faustian antagonistic virgil um yeah uh again like i was trying to think of of who would be funny do we want it to be somebody he knows who's already died or do you just want to spend someone out of whole cloth well okay wait this okay we have an opportunity here he either is randomly stuck in and we can just call it the afterlife it doesn't have to be hell right sure whatever yeah uh because i kind of like that idea of like he's going to be able to somehow change this fate like maybe the you know you see what you need to see kind of a thing so he gets down there and like does he meet we don't really know anything about his past so that feels weird we could we could do a couple like you said like the audience will like buy it if it's like you know, holy shit, Mr. McGillicuddy, that's my first landlord. Like, what are you doing down here? Last time I saw you, you were, you know, I don't know, you were putting rats in the, in the lower floors to get out the poor folks or what? Like, well, he's yeah. skipping in rats or whatever. He's a I like, I like playing against or doing doing bad jokes that play against A Christmas Carol or It's a Wonderful Life. Like, you. Oh my think, God. You know, like Mr. Fezziwig, like it's Scrooge's first boss and he's nice and he shows Scrooge, you sure. know, what it's like to be a good person. You're like, you're my first boss. You're a wonderful person. He's like, yep, but I'm dead now. You know? And okay. It's like- so what if, what if, okay, I have an idea because this guy's kind of a corporate guy and we're talking about the eighties and everything's very corporate and Reagan era or whatever. Oh, are you going to set if- hell up as like a big corporation? Well, kind of. Here's what I was thinking. Like he, he, we go to all black or whatever. And then like. He's like, well, now what? And you hear ding and an elevator door. So the the, gra- the garbage truck comes from the top to the bottom. And then splitting in the middle of the screen, we see elevator doors open. And he steps out into an office and he's like, the hell is this? Oh, that's a good line. And then um, <laughs> uh, he sees- We got some good lines in this one. We very yeah, He sees line. a sign that says, hell, like Clark Maddox branch. And he's like, what? Like, this is like the, the office for him. So, so yeah, like Clark, Clark Maddox is a good name. I like okay, it. There you go. So like, yeah, he sees like the guy scrubbing the lobby, like the, the pitiful janitor is his first landlord who is a slumlord and refused to clean anything. Uh, uh, so like, so as a little bit, there's a little bit of Dante's Inferno here, right? Yes, like it's okay. his hell. It's his hell, right? His personal so, hell. Okay. Right. And so then, yeah, like he has to make an appointment and it's like an evil version of his secretary. And then like, it's all like demonic versions of people from his life. He finally gets the meeting with whoever the Virgil character is. 
a little a little beetle juicy but less dmv and more uh corporate yeah. ladder stuff right, right is right. what we're getting at okay yeah, I, like he's like, uh, hey, no, I like that a lot can I, can I get you a glass of water he's like sure and it's boiling water or it's lava or some shit i don't know maybe like his first secretary that he treated very poorly that was yes. like an older woman is yes. in hell and she's bossing him around or whatever and that's that's yeah. funny that's there's a lot of stuff you can do there that's very good um i like but i i want i want him to enjoy it a little bit like they they've de- <laughs> gets they, off on it <laughs> yeah they've designed he's happy he's dead like like i like the idea that like we've designed your perfect hell and he's like this is great like this is fantastic i you know um I I, uh, so I, how do I, get don't, I don't know how to get there. I'm so, it's a it's an idea that's funny in my head. No, I, I think he'd get a kick out of it, right? Because he's like an egomaniac. So he's like, "You did all this for me, huh?" And they're like, "Yeah, this is hell, dude." And he's like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> like I was always gonna go here. Fuck you. Like yeah, they're like, "Dude, we need to break you." Like this is the rest. You're like you're here to learn a lesson or some shit. Like I want to um, play golf. Well, you can, but it's lava. Okay, am I gonna yeah. die again? Well, you're already dead. Well, where are my clubs? You know that kind <laughs> of. Yeah, that kind of nonsense where it's like he actually enjoys it. It's like, well, the margaritas are full of arsenic. Will they kill me? Well, you're already dead. Well, pour them up, you know, like. Or it's like, like, it's just annoying, right? He's like, look, I'm sure we can work all this out. Let's get out of here. We'll play nine holes, whatever. And he's like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, right. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but it's only par three. And he's like, ugh. (laughs) I like it in that, like, he basically falls into the management lifestyle he had on earth in hell. And then. And then whoever's at the top of the ladder, the big bad is like, okay, we really think you should do some field work. You need to get out of the office. This is a little like, uh, what was the, what was the movie? They remade it with Brendan Fraser and uh, Elizabeth Hurley. Oh, the um, devil. uh, And uh, Um, bedazzled. Bedazzled, I think was the remake. Is that the original too? Something like that, right? I'm gonna look that up, but yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so it's a little bit like okay, I, but we've got to we've got to get into these ghost hijinks so he can yes, see the dad, better. The original was '67. Uh, it was yeah, Peter Cook. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just Faust. It's just Faust, but with a yeah, no, totally, character. totally. Yeah, but uh, but I kind of like this idea of like he meets this like yeah, a Faust esque dark Virgil character who is called, I don't know, Mr. Boss or something? What do you want to call it? Like, that's already a thing. But <laughs> Mr. Boss. I think that's already a thing, isn't it? It might be. It's very funny. I hope it is a thing. Miss, Mr. Boss is very, very good. Um, uh, I thought Mr. Boss was a thing. I don't know. Is Mr. Boss a thing? Let's find out. Mr. Boss. Uh, apparently... There is a show on Cartoon Network that has a character named Mr. Boss. Well, not in 1983. There wasn't or whenever he, they he is a corrupt child hating corporate executives. Wow. That's really on the nose. Yeah. I don't, I'm not crazy about Mr. Boss though as a name. Like, no, no, no. It just made me giggle. I apologize. Um, Mr. Boss. Um, Cause okay. Okay. What's this guy? What's this, what's this like dark Virgil Faust characters role? Is he there to like, to punish him and Clark escapes and makes it back to earth for ghost hijinks. And then I think he's more like HR, isn't he? He's like onboarding him to hell. Kind of. Is that not funny or do you want to go darker with it? Well, I'm just saying like, what's his purpose in the story? We don't have a plot. 
Right. So we've got a guy, he's in the afterlife. Are we going to redeem him? Are we going to, is he going to escape and go on ghost hijinks? And now we're doing kind of a Groundhog Day thing. I think we're in danger of making it too whimsical and I would like for it to be darker. Um, I want it to still be funny. So let's let's maybe make his his role, the Virgil character's role, a little more sinister, like you were initially saying. I like that more than okay than than slap sticky. I want him to kind of I want him to kind of have the vibe that um, uh, Jack Palance has in Scrooge. I don't want him to I don't want to do a Christmas Carol, but I like that vibe of that decaying 90s super materialistic corporate boss guy. Yeah, I actually I have an idea for the casting on that. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes that pushes us forward a little bit. What do you have? What about James Hong? He played uh, oh, Pan yeah. in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. He was in Blade Runner. Yes, I'm very amazing character. Never gets yeah. enough work. They always have like usually play some like Asian stereotype, and I think I totally believe him as like. Okay, okay. So I want to do two things. I want to do two things. Here, here's what I think happens. He shows up into Purgatory, the the Clark Maddox branch, and he's through. He sees a variety of people from his past who are all being punished for what they did, and he sits down with HR. Uh, which I think, by the way, is Hong's character's name. I think his name is HR. That's very good. And he's like, I'm HR. Welcome to your purgatory. And he's like, oh, you did all this for me. We do the golf bit, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I don't think you understand. There is no escaping from purgatory. And he's like, you know, you're here until you work off your debt and you can go on to the afterlife. And he's like, so there's no hell, there's no heaven. It's just like, you're going to go to the other side. But first you have to right all the wrongs that are remaining. It's like a karmic debt. And he's like, you know what? Uh, I've had enough of this. Fuck you. And he runs and jumps out the window. And then like Beetlejuice-esque, we have him like splatter in the lobby. And he gets back up and he's like, I told you, dude, you have to right all your wrongs. So now he sends him back to Earth with very specific missions to like fix people's lives and, and help people, like to help the people in his life, like the four or five people we introduce at the very beginning. I think, yeah, except, I think we need that. I think that the twist is he's going to do it so wrong and horrible. Yes. So like, yeah. like he's going to drop cars on people and kill them. And HR is like, what the fuck? And he's like, no, I solved the problem. So like- well, yeah, exactly. And I think, <laughs> I think what we do is I think in order to keep it tidy, we keep it to like three things. Sure. Uh, like he, he fucked over his ex-wife in a divorce. That's Great. a good one, right? That's, and that's like, that gives us a, a fun female character, <laughs> you know? Stupid. Okay. So Jim, uh, uh, Hong was in, um, uh, James Hong was in Tango and Cash. I know. I was and, just. And I was Kurt just seeing it. You just reminded me. Kurt Russell has a great line in that where it's like Stallone's like, uh, "So you seen anybody?" He's like, uh, "I've been going steady with an alimony check." <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of uh, uh, the uh, uh, Jerry Reed song. She got the gold mine. I got the shaft. Just in river. So no, I think this is it. He's got some massive alimony payment. He's way backed up on. He's rich as fuck. He could be paying it. He's just doing it to hurt her. He fucked over his ex-wife. So that's one. I like the graphic designer woman who he like shreds her work and is always demeaning like her professionalism, right? That, that we saw at the beginning. Kind of a Bob Cratchit thing there. I like that. It works. It works, right? No, like, no, no. I mean that in a good way. Like, yeah, like okay. she, she's a good designer. She wants to be recognized for her work. I cannot stress this enough when we do these movies. It's okay to do a trope. Yeah. You know, a movie like this where you're trying to intentionally make it 
The oh. anti It's a Wonderful Life, the Bob Cratchit trope is funny because instead of making his life amazing, you just kind of make it less bad. So right? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I like, this is, a, to your point earlier, these are all opportunities where we can inject like super dark humor. So like yes. for, the, for the designer lady, like he, he's back in his office and they're like, yeah, uh, Mr. Maddox is dead. Like, you know, the account's in your hands, Karen. You've got you've to take it across the finish line. She's like, oh my God, okay, we have to go pitch, whatever. So he goes to the pitch meeting and he watches her pitch and he's like, this is horrible. She's never going to get this. Like, and then like the next team comes in to like, or he sees what the, he sees what he goes out in the lobby and he sees the team that's going to pitch next. And he's like, these guys are going to kill her. Look at this shit. So he kills them. He literally finds a way to like, he pushes them out of a window into traffic and they all die. And so the company's like, well, I guess we have to go with the one designer who lived. And he's like, it's good. Fixed, fixed. You know what? You I did it. We can and then even, HR is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he's like, well, you told me that she's appreciated for her work now. She's gonna you know, we could even, we could even do like horrific stuff where like he pulls their skulls out through their faces and like <laughs> they just come out and there's just these piles of just horrible, just corpses ripped apart and they're like oh my god and then it's like well we only have one other person we can give this account to and he's <laughs> like guess, problem solved yeah like, well and then like i think with his ex-wife like yeah she's, not back, anyone. <laughs> she's like her bills are piling up the alimony checks aren't coming in uh you know or even we could even give her like a really positive life i don't know I was thinking, like, no, she has to be hurt by him. So, like... Yes, she does have to be hurt by him, but... So, like, I like the idea that, like, maybe he, like, robs a bank for her. Like, because he can do anything. I was actually... That's weird. I was thinking, like, he kills a bank robber. And the... You know what I mean? Like, somebody walks out of a bank and he just makes him run into traffic or something. And and then the money goes flying and she has... Or whatever you know you know it could be like it could even be simpler than that like when since he's dead right he left all of his assets to like you know hugh hefner or something and his lawyers <laughs> his lawyers are going to execute the contract i love that he, somebody rich died and goes like i'm gonna leave my money to hugh hefner i don't know i'm just trying to make him a sleep bar, right <laughs> no, it's and so like so yeah maybe he like he uh you know, he has to like off the lawyer or, or change the paperwork so that his wife actually does get all of his money when he dies, thus solving the problem. And she's like, maybe he wasn't all bad in the end. <laughs> like, That's not bad. That's pretty good. We need one other. We need like the final oh, one. But, you like, know, it has to be the kind of thing that like he's going to give all his money to Hugh Hefner. And so he like goes to L.A. and like he sees goes into the, the mansion and Hugh Hefner's like, Clark Maddox, who the fuck is that? And he's like, who the fuck? Who the fuck am I? Who the fuck are you? (laughs) He has to be personally offended. It has to benefit him directly. That's very funny. We need a we need a big one. We need a really big one to kind of be the finale thing. Well, it has to be kind of tender. It has to be the thing that like changes him as a person. I think it could be the wife thing if that's played right. Could it be an estranged child? See, I thought about that. Like, yeah, does he have a kid with this lady? Is that too rote or is that... Because I want... What I would like the resolution to be, personally, is he finds that even though he's doing a horrible job at it, he finds that he enjoys going around and doing these things. And yeah. so they at the end, they're, they, they're like, you can go through. And he's like, can I do this for a while longer? You well, know, like... So, okay, I have, I have a little spin to put on that, but I want to get this third one out of the way. I, I, I do too. I'm just saying I'd like that to be where I'm with generally, you. No. 
think thematically where it leads. What I'm, do you have I'm with for the you. third one? What do you have for the third one? I don't know. I don't have anything. Um, I mean, we've got the lady with the dog. We could do something there. Although I feel like that that's resolved itself. That, um, that could be a mini one where he does something nice for the dog. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's very funny. <laughs> um, just bit like a bit. That's a funny bit. Actually, I, that, no, that would be funny if like the dog is trying to get out of the office, like scratching the door. He's like, hey, uh, hey, little guy, yeah, I can help you. And he opens the door and he's like, <laughs> yeah, great. And then you hear like, oh, just get hit by, hit by a car. Yeah, runs into traffic. <laughs> and very he's, funny. he's totally oblivious. <laughs> it's very good. It's very funny. Okay. Um, um, I, I I don't I don't think the estranged child is bad. See, I, was thinking, I think it depends how tender you want to make it in this horrific movie. Like, is the estranged it, child has that estranged child basically turned into him? Is the estranged child like a yuppie and he's like he's you know I I don't want so to I think if, I, if it gets too I, what I'm trying to get at I'm sorry I'm sputtering what I'm trying to get at is. I feel like if he does something too good or he teaches too good of a lesson, it ruins what's fun about his character. So I, I agree. And I think you get a lot of the emotional stuff that you would get with a kid. I think you actually get out of the wife. Like it's about family and stuff. So I was thinking, I what, if you, what if you flipped it? And at the beginning of the movie, when he gets into his office, he's got a message on his phone. He hits it. It's from his dad. And his dad's okay. like, you know, uh, hey, I know after mom died, you know, we're not we're not staying in touch like we used to. I just want to reach out. I'm really proud of you, son. Uh, you know, and then he says something about like they're going to lose the house or they're going to put him in a home or something. And he he clicks off the machine and is yeah, like, he's like thick weed, you know, yeah. like <laughs> but then, yeah. at the end, he's like kind of lost. He's like had all this fun and created all this chaos. And I think he goes back to his dad's house and he's like his dad's ailing. He's kind of sick. Right. Everything's and, boxed up. They're coming to. They're coming in yeah. to have him removed. And he like sets the old folks home on fire or some shit. Like he like somehow Wow, that's very dark. But he creates some kind of scenario where like the dad gets to keep the house. And even though he's on the verge of death, you know, he, he gets to stay in his home and die at the old fishing place that they used to go to when they were in the summers or whatever. I I like that though. Okay, that's then it's fun. It's it's nice enough without being too saccharine right okay so then he goes back to the afterlife and and they're like back to uh, hr back to hr and back to purgatory and uh hr is like james hong is like hey great work i guess that was it's kind of like the ending of uh, uh burn after reading where he's like <laughs> where jk simmons is like what did we learn uh what are we doing <laughs> like, um okay i have two ideas one i like the idea that his dad is there because his dad just died <laughs> And so he's like, he like gets to say like, hey, pops or something. We could say oh, that for the stinger. Oh, I like that a lot. We could, well, we could say like that for the stinger. But I was thinking like, HR is like, okay, well, you did your thing. So now you get to go to the afterlife. And he like opens a door and it's all flames and fire. And he's like, are you kidding? Hell, I thought I just read it on my wrongs. And he's like, oh no, this is a job offer. And like somebody's like, dude, we want you to be a demon. Like you need to go to earth and like mess with people and blow shit up. And like, I like them, that. Like, so like they're gonna promote him to being like basically an executive in hell, <laughs> and then like, yeah, I think his dad like his dad pops up as a corpse and he's like, I'm real proud of you, Sonny. And he's like, Hey, dad, give <laughs> me your roll credits. <laughs> I love that. That's real. It's so weird. It's so weird. I like it a lot. I just I love the shot of like hell opens up and he's like, Oh, really? I thought I was gonna get heaven. And they're like, Oh no, this is a job offer. <laughs> like we want you, here's the we want you to have the corner office in hell. It's very good. 
It's very good. I even had somebody pop into my head to play the lead. Do you want to go there already? Oh, hell yeah. Who do you have, man? I got nobody. I was thinking about it and I was like, who would be great? I've I, another character actor. Okay. Um, do you know who, um, uh, do you know the name Peter? Um, oh God, I always butcher, butcher it. Peter, Peter Possewaite is Possewaite. He was in Dragonheart. He's the bard in Dragonheart. He was in Romeo and Juliet. He was in the constant gardener. Um, oh yeah. Fucking a dude. This is like, uh, I always call this guy like the, uh, the, the, um, like him and Ben Kingsley need to play brothers in something. Yeah, he's great. He's been in everything. Like I said, he's, he's been in he's Kobayashi oh. from Usual Suspects. He was, uh, like I said, he was in Dragonheart. He was in Amistad, but he dude, was also in like everything. He was wow, in. So you're the, going a little older on the casting. Well, but we're setting this in the 80s. So you're going to subtract like 30, 40 years. He's going to still be in his 40s. Well, he's 64 now, dude. So just start going backwards. It's 54, 44, 34. Like he's going to be in his 30s. No, dude, he was born in 46. So he's, if, if it's in the 80s, he's going to be 40. Oh, well, okay, fair enough. Thank you. Well, whatever. Anyway. I thought, wait, early 80s, I thought we were going. But that's good. Okay. I, I, mm, he's very good. Can he sell? Okay. I, I'm not shooting this casting down. I like this casting. It's just it, it's but my it's my sell, initial offering. Can he sell like asshole like like I'm thinking like uh like Patrick Bateman in American Psycho like the like ultra black humor of like <laughs> I just saw somebody die. <laughs> I I I I think he I think he absolutely can um because I think he's that good of an actor. Um, he's I mean, very I, good. No, I, I love. I, I love. mean, the guy's at OBE. It's it, I. I I think he could definitely do it, um, but not any comedies, huh? Do do you have do you have anything? I mean, do you have someone else you want to see? I mean, it's not just Mm. a one and done thing casting these things, man. I'm quite happy to to entertain other people, and we also have other people we need. We could probably cast. I think the ex wife would be fun to cast. Um, Yeah, I thought. See, I was going a little younger. I was thinking somebody like a Phoebe Cates. Like somebody who can just have like walk on camera and everyone's like, oh yeah, I believe her. Like, sure. Like, well, that's just somebody kind of instantly endearing like that. Maybe Kate's is 55. He's 60. Yeah. So you're talking a 10 year age difference. That's what I was thinking. I was, I was casting him as like a 30 something like corporate Titan kind of character. Although yeah. him, him as like an older guy at the end of his life is kind of funny. Well, I, I was thinking middle-aged. That's why I kind of went with Yeah, that. sorry. Not the end of his life. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, uh, you, you turn 40 and you just die. It's, it's, the, it's the 1700s or whatever. Hey, man, never trust anyone over 30. That's right, baby. Uh, <laughs> said two guys in their mid-30s. I'm sorry. I'm just going through this guy's fucking uh uh, filmography and he's amazing the number stuff the number of films that he's been in is just amazing he's been in everything from like alien 3 to inception to amistad the shipping news the constant but see, like okay 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 i think somebody like a jason isaacs if you want to stick with the Dragonheart cast that's very good. Jason like, Isaacs is very good. And he's a, he's the same age as Phoebe Cates. Yeah. I mean, he's like that. That was kind of the age I was shooting for was like, uh, or even like, um, like Sean Bean. Uh, I don't know what he was doing in the 80s, but like 
somebody who's got that like I like, would rather I would honestly rather do um Jason Isaacs. Now Jason Isaacs film debut is nineteen eighty nine. Not anymore. Do what? So not anymore. It ain't. Nope. So this is going to be his first <laughs> film as in the lead in a demonic <laughs> sort of redemptive comedy. Um, but he's exactly the same age as Phoebe Cates. I'll tell you something also that I like about all three of the uh, potential leads we've thrown out is mm. that they're all English and there's something in the 80s oh god yeah about when the corporate guy is also english i mean they did it on cheers sure. like when the corporate guy is english they're instantly more evil yeah it's the it's the empire thing from star wars right just exactly. give it a british accent communicate the, ba- the bad guys are all english exactly yeah. caesar is always english right like how can we get how can we get pete in there though who, who else do we have oh we have the old landlord character that's kind of funny although he's he's just on there for a second well, um, he doesn't have to be in the film. Uh, he could, he's not old enough to be the dad. I want to cast the dad. Oh, well, I mean, you already mentioned Jack Palance. We could do that. I did, and I was going to come back. <laughs> he's an American with a British son now, so that's a little strange. Well, um, Jack Palance was born Volodymyr Pahalnyuk. He has a crazy Russian name. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a uh, Polish or Czech or something. Um, Ukrainian. Ukrainian. There you go. I knew he was Eastern European, but um, where was Jack at? Jack would be your get, right? He uh, would. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna look at where he was in the '80s, but I mean, you're talking about a guy that at that point had made his. Fil- I mean, his career goes back to the '50s. The guy's sure, made like sure. major films. I mean, he's in Batman in 89 and Tango and Cash, which we mentioned earlier in, in 89. Mm. Uh, 88, he's in Young Guns. And also, boy, howdy, he made a he made two gore films. That's very strange. Um, oh, he was in Hawk the Slayer, too. He didn't, he didn't come on, bud. Get, come out of the hole. We got to cast this. Uh, but I like Jack Palance. I mean, clearly, if he's taking gore in 87 and Baghdad Cafe and Young Guns, we can get him in this. Sure. And it seems at that time that he's not getting any kind of role with um, any kind of, you know, real weight to it. Let him be the one character in the film that you sort of is is sympathetic, you know. And, and then also he gets a little bit of comedy at the end because he's dead and he ends up in the afterlife. I think that's a pretty good cast. Jason Isaacs, Phoebe Cates, um, Jack Palance. I think that's all very good. It's um, good, man. I mean, I can I can throw out some other names, but I think Jack Palance is very good. I think Jack Palance is. A, well, I mean, do you have someone better than Jack? Uh, I mean, like I'm trying to think of like old school character actors. Yeah, uh, and there's a guy that pops to mind whose name is um, uh, Eli Wallach. I had to go look up his name. You might recognize his face. He's he's in like tons of tv and ton like he did shitloads of like law and order and murder she wrote and all kinds oh, of stuff. man he was uh he was in a lot of west he was in the good bad and the ugly and the magnificent yes. seven yes he did a he bunch of batman he was also in batman with jack collins actually oddly enough. uh he's great dude he he's one of these guys who was like adjacent to stardom his whole life and he's in fucking everything so i could also see them just tossing it to somebody like that but let's he keep it jack collins so we have a get 
Uh, yeah, I think you have to have a name on the poster. If just Jason Isaac's first film, Phoebe Cates is sort of a known quantity, depending yeah, on. Yeah, she'll be a draw. Yeah, I mean, it's after name. Fast Times, so. So, yeah, that's that's nice. Um, and, you know, for our buddy that we've uh, decided, you know, didn't doesn't really have my my initial kick out, Pete, like, um, you know, he can be the doorman at the. Sure, sure. You Let's know, get it, we'll get him in there. Yeah, he can be just some guy in the office that he gets abused. Like, you'll, you'll need little characters like that. It's he great. could also play HR, but I really like James Hong. As I do, guy. too. I, I really so much fun. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, no, that's very, just, very I love good. The, well, and, and I like the idea that you have, like, this big, imposing lead who's kind of an asshole, and then the guy bossing him around is James Hong. And it's like, he's kind of small, but he's sort of serious looking. And, like, it just works really well for me. Yeah, and not to get too far into it, but that guy took so many roles where he was just a shitty stereotype, and just to give him a good role where he can act because he's very talented, see, that makes me feel very good. I like. Yeah, that. he's he's a great actor. Like every role oh, he's into. Like we talked about this with like you know one of the differences between good and bad righteous trash movies, right? Is like really good actors stepping into crazy roles, and that guy got got that guy handed some like racist reductive bullshit. And I mean, even in the every movies, time he's still yeah. so much fun to watch. Like yeah, he's, no, he's good. even at like the meter D at the at the Chinese restaurant in the Seinfeld episode. You know, he's yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's great. Like you know, he's just killing you the whole time, and they've given him nothing to work with and they've given him racist nothing to work with you know what yeah, i mean like at least, at least reductive right reductive right One, yeah, so, yeah 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 you know i mean because he still is doing work as a as a chinese character actor but yeah he does he does good work i like that a lot well there you go man that's uh that's the film and and happy to be dead i mean it happy it's, i'm dead ha- ha- happy i'm dead and it's you know, it's 80s. It's kind of got a weird vibe, but like maybe you, depending on when it is, maybe you do like a Tears for Fears or something. I don't know. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like like some 80s pop band. Get you, a, get you a song. I mean, Phoebe Cates is in it. I think if you were like, hey, we're doing a weird supernatural comedy with Phoebe Cates, you could probably pull, you know, somebody like that. Tears for, you're going to get the Eurythmics, but you might get, you know, Tears for Fears or something like that. Uh-huh. Sure. they're still together i don't know so yeah no that's a really great movie i really like that actually well there that's you go lot. thank you oh i was just gonna say it's a lot more character work than we've done in a while and that makes me feel good i think the last real character work we did was probably heatline jamaica and those films are always satisfying where i go like i would like that movie i think those characters would engage me so i think that's a great one i'm really yeah. happy with that it's got a beginning middle and end got a hell of a cast so there you go thank you so much colton bowen for happy i'm dead Thanks, Colton. You consistently give us crazy, dumb shit to work with, and that's what we like the best. If you have crazy, dumb shit you would like us to work with, uh, head over to the website, planetxcinema.com. You can get all the information for our screenings there, but you can also submit movie titles. Uh, you can send them to planetxcinema at gmail.com, or you can leave us a review on iTunes with a movie title, and we will do it. Now, I did mention screenings. We have a screening coming up on Friday, January 25th at Coons Brewing. Uh, we are showing Stay Tuned. Uh, John Ritter gets sucked into TV hell, and if that doesn't sell you on it, I don't know what will. Yeah, and keep your eyes uh, peeled to wherever you get your podcasts, because in addition to this podcast this week, we'll also be dropping one of our Now Showing podcasts where we talk about Stay Tuned. So if you're the type of person that wants to listen to me and Drew go into in-depth discussion about why we think a movie is cool and tangential things surrounding it, 
you know, pay attention for that. If you don't, um, just uh, stay tuned next week. We'll make up a new fake movie and uh, come on out to the screening. Enjoy. Stay tuned with us. It's one of my all time favorite films, so uh, it should be a good time. And we have other filmings come up. Go to planetxcinema.com. You can always see details about upcoming screenings, podcasts, all the stuff that we do. Yeah, there's some good, great, uh, good screenings coming up. Uh, I want to thank Brian Ahrens for the voiceover at the top of the show. Uh, if you like what you heard and you'd like some voiceover work, check out brianahrensvo.com. Boy, and there's a banging track we use as our soundtrack, and that is called Oedipus Sex. It's a song by the band Pinko. Uh, they, it's from their self-titled record, uh, but they have lots of music. They are on Bandcamp. Please check them out as well. Well, uh, I think that's about it. We banged that out pretty well. You want to tell them who you are? I've been Drew Hicks. I remain Blair Hicks. The search for Planet X continues. We're on highway to hell. murders dolphins to extract oil out of them for erection pills or something.